I, I pray that you've caught a little glimpse of how serious we are about this focus this summer. Um, we got one or two choices. Um, we can either kind of sit there and gripe about our government and the president and the Congress and the Supreme Court and everything. Or we can become the people that God created us to be. And we can become the church that God created us to be. I I think we've kind of reached a point where I, I don't know how we can turn the politics around. and We'll talk about that later in the summer. But I do know this, that if God's people will decide to be God's people, if God's people will decide to love each other like God calls them to. If God's people will just say, you know what? No more junk. No more church junk. No more stuff. I'm not here to condemn. I'm not here to put down. I'm not here to tell everybody how bad they are. I'm not here to do anything like that. If God's people will decide That, you know what? I am going to lead and I am going to lift this country by praying for it and by living a life in such a way that they see that they don't have to live like that. They don't have to be bitter at each other. They don't have to take sides and castigate the other. We don't have to follow these politicians that have nothing good to say about anybody. But we can be God's people. We really can. Girls, if you want to put that up. 2 Chronicles 7.14. Let me give you the context. I'm sorry? Girls and Russ. Girls and Russ. Since Russ is about 6'4", weighs about 300 pounds, I will correct that. If we will be the people that God calls us to be. Let me give you the context of this verse. Okay, If you've ever read or been in Sunday school much, you heard of King David. And King David wanted to build the temple for God. And God said, no, I don't want you to uh, build the temple. There's been too much blood shed by your hand. I want your son Solomon. To build the temple. And that's exactly what happened. What was cute though was. If you read right about that time. (laughs) David really set him up. I mean David collected all the stuff. He collected all the materials. He collected all the craftsmen. I mean David set his son up for success. Which I get called a helicopter parent and grandparent. So I'm glad for David. Because he was a helicopter parent too. But Solomon came along, and if you read that whole thing about how beautiful that temple was, and how how ornate that temple was, 
and all the beauty. And I mean, what was amazing, and it kind of tells me something about God. And that is that God had a plan, and I mean to the nth detail, God told Solomon how to build that beautiful temple. I want you to understand something. God knows your life, and if you will listen, he will teach you how to build a beautiful life if you will just get into his word and listen to what he says. That's kind of what it says to me. So he, bu- he built this beautiful temple, and God said to Solomon, listen. I have chosen this place to be a place of prayer. If you can't tell, we kind of like prayer around here too, okay? We kind of think it's important. We kind of think that we're not really here for a show. We're not really here for the preaching, thank God. We're here to kind of connect with God Almighty, amen? And I, I just think that's so important. He says, I have chosen this place. I will hear the prayers prayed in this place. And they did thousands and thousands and thousands of sacrifices. Uh, That's kind of how they did the whole church thing back then. But I guess my wife and I have been talking about how we've kind of turned that around in the church. And instead of sacrificing to God, lots of times church today is all about us. How can God sacrifice for us? (laughs) And we've kind of got that thing turned around and, and... I just thought I'd throw that in parenthetically because we need to be careful. Because we don't come to God just to get. We come to God to lay ourselves down and say, God, you died for us. You rose again for us. You sent your Holy Spirit for us. You love us. You always have and you always will. So God, here's my life, a living and holy sacrifice. I think that's very, very, very important. And he said, as long as you follow my precepts, as long as you do what I ask you to do, as long as you are following in my footsteps and where I would have you to be and do what I would have you to do, as long as you are doing that, you never have to worry about anything. Never. But let me warn you, and this is kind of where I'm at in our country. He said... But if you don't, are you listening? But if you don't, I will bring a curse down on you. Now, nobody likes that part. Everybody likes the love part. Everybody loves the blessing part. Everybody likes the fun stuff. But kids, that's what God's word says. That's not what Pastor John says. And in our country... In many, many, many ways, we have turned away from God. Now, if, if a child is inconvenient and we don't feel like bringing them up, we just kill them. And if you go back to the Old Testament when they were doing that, and they were offering that, those children not to the God of convenience, but to the God of Moloch, God allowed the Assyrians to come in and devastate them. And I want you to understand, With stuff like that. Now there's, today, folks, there is not just nothing wrong with anything. Anybody can be anything they want, do anything they want, say anything they want. Not only that is kind of where our country is, but you've got to understand today, we have to give hearty approval to all the sin people want to do. If we don't say it's okay, we're a bigot or we're a hater. 
or, or we're mean-spirited. And kids, I, I just, I'm just saying that to kind of wake us up and realize that if the church doesn't wake up, we're in deep trouble. Okay, so that's kind of the context of our verse. Our verse this morning is, if my people who are called by my name, now this next part is what we'll focus on today, will humble themselves and pray. That's our focus today. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then and only then will I hear from heaven. Then and only then will I hear their prayers. Then and only then will I forgive their sin. Then and only then, and this is my hope, and this is what this summer is all about. Then and only then, I will heal their land. I don't know about you, but I'd love to see our country healed to the point we don't have kids and people walking into schools shooting kids. Wouldn't you? You know, I'd love to get to the point where during voting season... Um, you're able to let your children watch the television so you don't have one politician smashing the other politician and that politician smashing this politician and they just, they just hate each other. They take anything, they twist it. And I mean, I've said it many times. If I ever heard my son speak to another individual the way these politicians speak to each other, I don't care if he is 20, what are you, 27, 28? I'd take that boy out and I'd whoop his behind. And I'm serious, you know. But folks, we've kind of fallen asleep at the wheel. We've kind of normalized this foolishness. We're, we, we, you know, we pick a side. Well, I'm a Republican, so everything Trump does and says is okay. Really? Well, I'm a Democrat, you know, and I'm Spanish, so I've got to be a Democrat because all those Republicans hate Spanish people. Really? Let me tell you what I am. I'm a Christian. Okay? I live above all the foolishness. And when something is truth, I say that's truth. When something is stupid, guess what I say? That's stupid. I don't have to pick a side. Because I have Jesus Christ as my standard. I have Jesus Christ as my focus. My goal is to be just like him. But folks, the only way that turnaround is going to happen is if the people of God, the people of God, and the church has fallen asleep. We go to church, we go through the motions, we get our check mark, we get our perfect attendance pins at the end of the year, and we say, look what we've done. My question is, are we ever going to be ready to get on our knees and lay it out there before God and say, God, use me to bring transformation to my neighborhood. God, use me to bring transformation to my workplace. God, use me to bring transformation to my town or county or state or country. I challenge you this morning to turn your thinking around and quit saying it can't be done. It's impossible. 
They're all too out of control. And I don't disagree with you there. But here's what I want us to begin to say. But no matter what it takes, no matter how much time I need to humble myself and pray, I'm going to do that because I want to see our country changed. I want to see our country saved. I want to hand off to my children and my grandchildren a better place than what was handed me. Amen. Amen. And people of God, that's our responsibility. It really is. I want to start this morning at a, at a place that I think <laughs> may kind of be necessary, and I'm not even sure what this means for me or all of us. But I, but I want to start out in First um, Kings chapter 18. And, and, and there was a prophet named Elijah. And, and the, uh, there was a lot of sin in the land. And so God brought a drought on the land. And um, Elijah just decided, I know what's going on here. Our people have decided, I'm not going to be what God would have us to be. And, and the leadership isn't what it needs to be. And the leadership hated Elijah and all the prophets. In fact, uh, the, the king had killed all the prophets but him. And when Elijah came to him to give him this challenge, he looked at him and said, How dare you come here, you troublemaker? Kids, that's what I call everybody, don't be offended. We need some troublemakers. Nice is neither a gift nor a fruit of God's Holy Spirit. Kindness is, but kindness isn't always nice. Folks, as Christian people, people of God, we need to start to step up. When we hear foolishness, I heard a guy mouthing off about how he didn't want to take care of that blankety-blank and, you know, and them kids, she didn't need all that money and all that kind of stuff in the locker room. Now, you've got to understand, this was a man. I'm a boy. This dude had muscles in his ears. I mean, he was one big, strong dude, man. And I looked at him and I said, you are an idiot. He said, what do you mean? I said, do you honestly think that that woman is raising herself and those three kids on that little paltry amount of money you give her? Yeah. I said, seriously? You see, there comes times, folks, where it ain't time to listen and laugh to foolish, at foolishness. There comes times when we need to be troublemakers. When folks are trying to tell you you're bad because you're standing up for righteousness and holiness and the word of God, it's time to be a troublemaker. You don't have to be a jerk. That guy and I talk at the gym now and all that kind of stuff, we're buds. Thank God, because he could have killed me. <laughs> but you know what? Oh, well. Somebody spoke up. and Maybe I spoke life into his life. I don't know. Maybe we'll see him in the church coming to Christ. I don't know. But I do know this. There are times we need to be a troublemaker. Elijah looked at the king and said, listen, why don't we do this? You call all the prophets of Baal, and I'm the only 
um, prophet left in, uh, of God, and we'll have a contest. You call them, and we'll meet on the mountain, and we will, we will absolutely see whose God is God. And they built, an, they built a couple altars, and they, 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 they put some sacrifices on each one. And, and Elijah, being the gentleman that he was, said, you go first. And he said to him, go ahead, pray, and, and pray that your God would come down with fire and, and, and take care of that sacrifice or burn that sacrifice. And they started praying, 450 of them. They started praying, and man, they started praying, and they were really praying. And about noontime, lunchtime, Elijah spoke up, and Elijah was a troublemaker. Elijah looked at those prophets and said, well, maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's focused somewhere else. Some versions say, maybe he's at the restroom. I don't know. They got so mad and they got so into it that they were just a praying and just a praying. They even got to the point where they were cutting themselves so that their God would do what was necessary uh, with this sacrifice. Finally, they got done and they realized nothing's going to happen here. And remember, there's a drought. Elijah said, listen, do me a favor and dig a little trench around my sacrifice here okay and they did and he said i want you to go get water and pour it over the sacrifice okay and they did he said i want you to get another load of water and pour it over the sacrifice and they did i want you to get one more load of water and pour it over the sacrifice and i mean it was wet there was water all around it in the trenches And the prophet Elijah began to pray. And when the prophet Elijah began to pray, fire fell from heaven so that it not only disintegrated the sacrifice, but it disintegrated the altar and burnt up everything around it. You say, well, what's that got to do with it? Folks, people need to see that God is God. We need to quit wimping out. When people began to talk stuff, we need to stand up and say, no, 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 no. Well, you're a hater. Well, you're ugly, and I can stop hating. You know. You're a bigot. I didn't know that, but thank you. I'll pray about that. You're (laughs) mean-spirited. Listen, folks, there's been a lot of people thought I was mean-spirited, all right? It's called being a leader. There's going to have to come a time when the people of God stand up. There's going to have to come a time when the people of God stand up and say, enough of this. There's going to have to come a time when we shut CNN, MSNBC, and Fox off. Everybody gets mad at me in the church about the Fox thing. Oh, but they're so great. Sean, ha- oh, hush. You gripe about how they pick on Trump. Did you listen to Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh 
the eight years Obama was in office? Come on, folks. Come on, folks. It's time for Christian people to step up and be Christian people. But pastor, what you're asking us to do seems impossible. Pastor, what what you're calling us to do is way beyond the pale. They're not going to listen to us. You know, the only time you see Christians in the media is axe murderers and crazy people. Right? You ever watch movies? we're, We're just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. You know? Here's the other problem, church people. We in the church are so divided and so ugly to each other And I hear about foolishness that goes on in churches that should not go on. I don't care where you go to church. If there is trash going on, you need to stop it. When I got here, everybody said, well, I'm not leadership. Well, number one, why weren't you? Number two, I don't care if I'm in leadership or not. If foolishness is going on in the church and children are ever going to see that, or the people that are hurting and need to know God ever see that, I'm telling you right now, that trash is going to stop, and it's going to stop now. I ain't just talking about them bad people. I'm talking about us church people. The negativity, the slander, the gossip that goes on in many churches, the bigotry that goes on in many churches, the ugliness. Folks, it is not of God, and it must stop, and if it doesn't, throw their behinds out. Amen. It's never new people that do that stuff. It's been people that sit around and do nothing for too long to do that kind of stuff. Amen? You see what I'm saying? We have to be the people of God. Well, Pastor, I don't understand how I could ever do what you're talking about. Well, what it says second in that verse is, that, is this, and it's so important. We need to humble ourselves and pray. Amen. What do you mean by humble yourself? What I mean by humble yourself is, is we need to start realizing who we really are. In and of ourselves, we're really weak. Amen. Right? In and of our human selves, we're just kind of, God says it best in and, and John 15, 5. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I don't know if you've tried this Christian stuff, but the bottom line is, if you've ever tried it, you've, ever, you've tried it by your own uh, grace and your own abilities, I want you to understand, you always hit your face on the wall, and you always mess things up, and you always fall, and you're always looking kind of goofy. You know what I'm saying? You just do, you know. But God's word says, if you humble yourself before me in the right time and in the right way, I will lift you up. I will give you the influence you need. I will give you the wisdom you need. I will give you the strength and the courage that you need. If you will humble yourself under me and say, God, 
I have no idea how to straighten myself out. I have no idea how to straighten my family out. I have no idea how to straighten my town out. I have no idea how to straighten these things that work out. So God, here I am. I need you to do what I have no ability at all to do. Jesus also said this. If you believe. Let me tell you something. When I start praying for something lots of times, my belief is not this. My belief is this. (laughs) You ever been there? You start praying for for somebody to be healed, and you start praying for something to happen in somebody's life, or you, anybody ever had a spouse out of control other than my wife? You know, it, it, you start praying, you know, and you start, you know, and, and at first you're just kind of like, yeah, right. You know, like that's going to happen. Folks, I went through 10 years of depression. 10 years. Do you know how much I felt God at that time? Very, very, very little. Very little. You know, there have been things happen in our lives that I had no idea how God was going to do what he did. But I kept praying and I kept praying. And I'm going to be honest, when I began praying, lots of times my belief was so small, I had trouble believing it was belief. But that's okay. Because your heavenly father loves you. Your heavenly father is there for you. Your heavenly father, as you kind of hang out and communicate with him, it's amazing how your grace, how his grace can help your faith to grow and develop. Amen? So many times... When I start talking about uh, bringing God to this world and, and this very hurting city that we have right here, so many people look at me and they say, you have lost your mind. And I say, well, that's beside the point. <laughs> Folks, God Almighty wants to do something extraordinary and miraculous in your life. God Almighty wants to do something extraordinary and miraculous in your home. God Almighty wants to do something extraordinary and miraculous through you in your neighborhood or where you work or where you attend school or wherever you might be. He wants to do something extraordinary and miraculous through you in your world. So often we feel like, I just don't know how that could happen. A couple of weeks ago, and if you read the emails that Lisa sends out on Monday, there was a testimony from a, a doctor. We had he and his wife and children here. They're called the Woodleys, and they're over in Papua New Guinea, and he's a doctor, and, and um, um, she's a wonderful young lady, and, and uh, they have a couple of children. They, they moved. I mean, it's a long way from here. And do you mind if I read this to you real quick? We'll, we'll be out before 12 o'clock, and you can get the horses before the other people. Don't worry about it. Listen to this, please. 
Ruth walked slowly into my office, stone-faced, glassy-eyed, without emotion. She was severely depressed. Like many women in Papua New Guinea, she was being abused by her husband. Physical and sexual abuse is widespread in Papua New Guinea, particularly in the highlands where we live. In many ways, women are viewed as property. For most, there is no escape, no safe house, no social resources, etc. When Ruth opened up and confided in me, there was not much I could do. I felt unable to help her escape her depression and abuse. Now listen to this. I did what I could. I prayed. If you've ever done ministry, sometimes that doesn't at first seem like much. You feel like you wish you could do more. But too often when you try to do more, you kind of get in God's way. So just stick to prayer. All right? I prayed. I prayed for Ruth, her depression, and for her husband to follow Jesus. I prayed that she would feel God's presence in her life. One month later, I happened to see Ruth again in my office. We don't have assigned patients as people. They, people just line up and go to the next available doctor. At first, I had trouble recognizing Ruth. Ruth could not stop smiling. She told me about how everything has changed. Her husband apologized, has stopped abusing her, and is following the Lord. She is overfilled with the joy of the Lord in her life. The transformation in both Ruth and her husband are evidence of God working in their lives. A transformation that cannot be attributed to medical care alone. When I first started praying for people regularly, I didn't always believe in the words I was saying. I think that's key because sometimes you'll get there. But without anything else to offer, it is what I did. However, after seeing the change it can bring in people like Ruth, I can clearly see how God helps us most when we go to him in our helplessness. And the verse he sent was, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on Can I get out of the mess that I'm in? Yes. Pray. Can I bring my home or my marriage or whatever out of the mess it's in? Yes. Just pray. Can I bring my world out of the mess it's in? Yes. Just pray. Can we save our country by the power of God? Yes. Just pray. Let's stand and do just that. Our Father, so often we have no clue what to do.
We don't know how we're going to change this country. We don't know how we're going to save this country. We don't know how you're going to forgive us and how you're going to heal our land. But, Lord, that's our goal. And as people of God, we're going to stand up and we're going to pray. We're going to humble ourselves before you in the realization that in and of ourselves we can do nothing. But in you, there is nothing impossible. Father, my prayer today is not so much for our country, but for us. That we would become those people that humble ourselves and daily pray for ourselves, pray for our families, pray for our home, pray for our state, pray for our country. That somehow, some way, you would lead us so that we might lead them to your holy love. And so that we can see a great change in our country. So that what we hand our children and our grandchildren is exactly what you would have it to be. Thank you, Father. Thank you. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.